0: One tiny little detail before we get started today, this show does contain a bit of profanity. Just in case you have kids nearby, time to put on their earmuffs. Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcasts. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 47 of Amber on Podcasts. Thank you for joining me today. Oftentimes, we hear stories of people making some major life change after enduring the toughest setbacks and challenges. These people rise up out of the ashes. And become grand, amazing, and influential people. You have heard stories of people like this. People like Maya Angelou, Oprah Winfrey, and Tiffany Haddish. These stories are compelling because they give us a sense of hope. And place us into a circle of familiarity. The familiar circle we know too well, the circle of pain and adversity. These stories prove to us that no matter where you come from and what you've been through, no matter how dark and how terrifying, no matter how screwed up your childhood was, you too can make it out. You too can own your life and not let it own you. The most riveting stories that move us the most have one component that really sets them apart from all of the others. Because not everyone can stand up and tell their story of how they made it from adversity to mastery. One, because not everyone has made it to mastery. And two, because very, very, very few people are willing to be vulnerable, to really lay all their shit out on the table, to fully expose themselves with confidence and grace and humility, and with the intention of helping other people. That is why I listed these names specifically. Maya Angelou, Oprah Winfrey, and Tiffany Haddish are all great examples of vulnerability. Most people want to skip over the misery they have felt in their lives. Most of us haven't even dealt with it ourselves, let alone thought about sharing it with the world. Most people want to share the highlight reel and conveniently skim over any of the unsettling details. The truth is, we don't hear enough of these stories. Most of the time we hear polished up versions of hardship. Stories that just skim the surface, nothing too jarring, something that could be easily made into a Disney movie. I believe this is due to two reasons. One is society and uh, the media's portrayal of perfection in everything we do. And the other reason is it is rare for people to be honest and vulnerable, to really share the shit and the hell that they have personally battled in their lives. Not too many people face their demons and then want to get on stage and talk about their life in the trenches and the misery they felt. Most people are looking to get far, far, far away from that pain, to forget that pain and forge through and become a new person, a person who no longer thinks or deals with that pain and misery. The problem with this is that it leaves a lot of people out. People see a nice, polished version of you, and they automatically think that you've always been this nice, polished person. If we don't share our stories of our pain and misery, how will others dealing with pain be able to find their way out? This is a message that I hold very close to my heart because it was exactly this that got me out of my depression and my unemployment and a myriad of other emotional and psychological problems that I have dealt with in my life. It was other people sharing the nitty gritty details about what hurt them and how it affected their entire well-being. These are the things that we don't have control over. Things that happen to us as children and teenagers and adults. Things that we carry with us in our bag, our own personal baggage. This real, vulnerable, raw dialogue is something I crave. Because Frankly, I am always in need of help, help with life and how to live a life of purpose and meaning and love. I seek these people out and I am dedicated to finding the best leaders who tell the best stories so we can learn from the best and be the best. Today, I bring you a man that will reshape the way you view the world and your life. His purpose is to share his journey so that you too can see that you are not alone, that there are other fucked up people out there, but you can change. You don't have to be defined by your trauma and your past experiences. You are at war with you, and you are either winning the war or you aren't. Today, we are talking about winning this war, going to battle with yourself so that you can gain strength and power and ultimately be the badass motherfucker that you are. To teach us how to be a badass, we are so lucky to have Mr. David Goggins. Goggins is a former Navy SEAL and one of the most masterful men you have ever met. Make no mistake, this guy is special, and I encourage you to remember his name so that you can Google him later. Write it down. David Goggins, that's G O G G I N S, he's a man among men and he is here for the people. So without further ado, Let's start the show. Life started out rough for David Goggins. He was born in Buffalo, New York, and on the outside, things looked pretty rad nice house, handsome father, lucrative income, friends with celebrities and athletes. But inside, when the door was closed, David's dad beat the shit out of his mother and his brother and him. David was young at this time, around seven years old, but he still wanted to defend his mother. He couldn't stand by and watch her get beaten to a pulp. So he tried to help, but that just made things worse. David's dad would beat him to a pulp too. The abuse was unbearable and David's mother knew that they had to escape in order to survive. And so she did. She took her two boys with her, and she left her husband. But she had nothing. She had to make it all on her own. She worked two jobs while they struggled. They lived in Section 8 housing and ate on food stamps. David, now at a new school, is dealing with all kinds of behavioral and learning issues. He starts failing at school by this point, but his mom is unaware of all of this. She is not home much and has so much to deal with that David doesn't want to burden her with his own problems. At age eight, he has already learned to depend on himself and not bother his mother with his issues. David was looking for strength for his entire life. His dad made him really afraid. He yearned for courage and strength and sought it out in every way possible. David started with the Rambo and Rocky movies. He was obsessed. And when he went to camp one year, he met a man that would set him on a new path. This is a camp for kids, and one of the counselors is a man named Scott Guerin. Scott Guerin was a former pararescue man who had survived a crazy accident where his parachute ripped off and he fell to the ground at 120 miles per hour, and he survived. Now, this was one tough dude. While all the other kids ignored Scott Guerin, David was laser-focused on every move he made. He watched him for an entire week doing flutter kicks and training just like Rambo. David saw a real-life embodiment of strength and power, and he wanted to be just like Scott Guerin. He made a decision right then and there that he would become a pair of too. Flash forward, And David is now in high school. And things at school are not going well. His grades are awful. He's lying and cheating to make his way through. He remembers this Scott Guerin guy. He remembers how tough he was. And he thinks, hey, maybe he can teach me how to be tough. So he starts calling. He calls around to every Air Force base in the entire country trying to find Scott Guerin, the pararescueman. He charges up a $500 phone bill, making these calls and infuriating his mother, who was working two jobs and barely making it. But finally, after many, many, many calls, he finds Scott Guerin at an Air Force base in Key West, Florida, where he's working as a scuba instructor. David leaves him a message, and he calls back. Scott gets a hold of David's mother, and David gets on the phone, and the first thing he said is, Can I please come stay with you for a week? And guess what? This guy agrees. Scott Guerin said, Yeah, come on over. So David goes out to Key West and he stays with him for a week. He was a junior in high school. Scott said about four words to him the entire week. He would go to scuba school every morning, and David would go with them and sit in the lounge and wait for 10 hours. They'd come back and pick him up. They would go for a run. They also went out in the ocean every day for lobster hunting and ate fish every night. David was actually terrified of the water, really scared, but Scott was going in, so he was going in. At the end of the week, he left there with one big thing. He wanted to be just like this guy. That is where his path began, but he was still failing all of his classes. He was 100 pounds overweight, and he was a liar and a cheater. He was nowhere close to being like Scott Guerin. Even his mother knew it. Eventually, when she found out about his grades and his lying and cheating, she too believed that ship had sailed. David's mother told him, Okay, you're going to flunk out of school. There's nothing we can do now. You have made a complete mess of your life. And it was true. Up until that point, David had shown zero signs of success. He was a junior in high school with a fourth grade reading level. In order to become a pararescue man and join the Air Force, he would need to pass high school and pass the ASVAB test, the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery hell of a name. This is how you get into the military. If you don't pass this test, you don't get in. So first, David started studying. He had massive ground to make up and very little time. He spent the next year copying all of his textbooks from start to finish, handwriting everything in spiral notebooks in order to learn and memorize. I'm talking hundreds of pages of handwritten textbooks. Can you imagine? His only focus was on joining the military. This is the only future David saw for himself. And he was relentless. After a year of studying and a few tries, he was able to pass the ASBAB test. But he was still 100 pounds over the weight limit. Now he had to lose 100 pounds in three months, and he did that too. He passed the test, he loses the weight, he gets into the Air Force, and that is not enough. Now, David wants to become a Navy SEAL. And anyone who wants to be a Navy SEAL first has to go through BUDS training, which is notorious for being one of the hardest training camps in the world especially the first week of training, what the SEALs call Hell Week. David gets to Hell Week, but he doesn't make it through. It's too hard. He doesn't advance. So he tries again. He doesn't quit. He goes back for more. But the second time, he's no good either. He doesn't pass on his second time. Now it's the third time David goes through Hell Week of training with the Navy SEALs, three times before making it through to week two. This training is not for the faint of heart. This training leaves many people on the ground. Some of the best and brightest and toughest are defeated by Steel Hell Week. They don't make it. And they definitely do not come back. But Goggins was determined he wasn't going to let this dream go. He had already been through so much pain at this point, he was going to find a way through this pain too. He wanted to prove this to himself, to prove that he became the man he set out to be back in high school with Scott Guerin. It took him 18 months to get through BUDS. It's a six-month program, but it took him three times as long. After spending so much time there, David started to observe things differently. He wasn't going to leave until he graduated. He realized that this was his home, and this is where the bar is now set. He had to reset his new norm. One thing we don't do is we don't set new norms. His new norm during Bud's training was every day you're getting up at 4 a.m. and you suffer. Most people want to get out of it. But to him, he said, your new norm is you get up and you suffer. And he realized that if this is his mentality, then it's not hard anymore. This is his new norm. David says that when he is weak or scared of something, he wants to master it. He was a weak-minded person, so he learned to master his mind. Bud's training is well known to break you down. That is what attracted David to going in the first place. And that was only the beginning for him. After the seals, David decides to go to army ranger school. He is 100% the only person who has ever done this. David Goggins is the first and only to ever complete Air Force tactical air controller training, then complete SEAL training, then graduate from the U.S. Army Ranger School. This is why he is often referred to as the hardest man alive. One of his friends actually said to him, you know, Goggins, you're the kind of guy who would want to be a POW just to see if you could do it. They used to send SEALs to Army Ranger School as punishment. So David was intrigued. To him, he thought, there are more badass guys out there learning cool tactical shit. He put in seven requests before being accepted to the program. There's a reason why David Goggins desires this type of challenge. He says that he always loves training because when you are in training— That's where you find out how people really are. Once you get out of training, very few people keep that same mentality and intense focus on the task at hand. This is the focus that drives David, the focus on becoming the best human being you can possibly be with enough courage and strength to make it through anything in life. David found that courage. Today... David is no longer a SEAL or an army ranger. Today, David is a wildland firefighter in California because he needed to set a new bar for himself. David also wrote a book, a book that details his life and his accomplishments and all the nitty-gritty, ugly shit that got him there. How he did it, why he did it, and why he has made it his mission to share his story of zero to hero. The book is called Can't Hurt Me, and on the cover you see Goggins, all nice in his military uniform, looking sharp and astute. And in the background you have the obese teenage Goggins who could barely read and lied about everything. He doesn't tell war stories in his book. He wants his book to relate to people. His book is about helping people. And he can't help people by telling stories about his deployment. He can help by telling stories about his life. It was intentional. David asked himself, how can these stories resonate and help people? He didn't write it to kiss his own ass. He wrote it to show me and you and the rest of the world what it takes to live the life you want to live no matter what shit you come from. There are four key points I want to highlight today. Four points that we can take from David Goggins and incorporate into our own lives. Number one is to reset the bar. You have to reestablish your new norm in order to accomplish goals and get through challenges in life. Go back to the fundamentals of life. Face the demons and stay in tune with what you are facing each day. Reset the bar. You can't get away from who you are. You have to embrace it. Don't hide from it. The only way you can set an example is you have to be always willing to work. David says he doesn't follow people who talk about what they used to do in life. What are you doing today? What are you doing to still try to excel at life? There's so much talk Not a lot of work. People saying you need to do this, how you should do it, how you should be living. And David says he looks at them and they're fat and out of shape and look like shit. And they're telling people how to live. It's like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. He says there are a lot of people talking, but I don't see the real suffering behind what they are saying. They haven't done it. They haven't done the work to be better. There are no good old days. It's where you are. Now. Your life is happening now. It's not some future event. Number two is you are never alone. There is not one problem that you are dealing with that someone somewhere hasn't already gone through. You're never alone. Everyone's going through shit. So when people get this mentality that no one understands me, you can throw a rock to someone who can understand you. If you are willing to break yourself down and stop hiding. A lot of people are going through shit. They just hide it better. David has written this book and shared his story to combat this myth, to show you where he came from so you don't just sit back and say, oh, I'm not like him, this isn't possible for me. Number three is the mental cookie jar. The idea of the mental cookie jar is to be used when you are going through something hard. You have a cookie jar in your head, and it's full of cookies made out of all the other bad shit you have already been through and come out on the other side. All your cookies that you got for making it through the storm. When you are going through hardship, you reach into your mental cookie jar, and you pull out one of your cookies. And you remember that you've been through hardship before. And you will get through this. You will conquer and defeat this adversity. You will add another cookie to your cookie jar. Number four, and my personal favorite, David says we are judging ourselves against way too many people. People look around too much at other people and what they are doing, and they start to judge themselves off other people. Everything starts to corrupt your mind, and that starts to corrupt your own inner dialogue. You have to judge yourself against yourself. This isn't a race against me and the people on Instagram. This is a race against me and me alone. Once you can silence all that bullshit and outside interference, you can start to grow and start to realize that it's your own little race that you're running. In your own little timeline. And this is how I'm gonna run it. This is how I'm gonna run my race against me and me alone. I believe being vulnerable is the most powerful thing you can do for yourself. I experienced this when I started sharing my story and producing this podcast. It has changed my life and served as a reminder that there's not one problem you are facing that someone hasn't faced. Before. We are all so closed off in the world, too busy looking at our phones, that we forget this connection and the important role it plays in our lives. There is no substitute and there is no cure for lack of interaction and learning and experience with other people so that you feel less alone and more empowered to do whatever the fuck you have dreamed up for yourself. It will be hard, but I promise it will get you where you want to go. We are all on this journey together, and my hope is to help make it a little bit more clear and do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. While I recommend any interview with David Goggins, this episode was taken from episode number 266 of the Rich Roll podcast. I will link it in the show notes. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another conversation about living your best life and doing more good. Until then. Thank you. Love you. Bye.